Time for Wednesday's hour number two on Hashtag Daily K with your host, Peter Bint. Korean dramas, movies and even lyrics. Why is the world paying attention to Korean stories? From classics to modern masterpieces, time to dig deep into the charms of Korean literature. On Check It Out with Paul. So Wednesday is pretty chilly outside. I've got my top on and Paul's here to warm me up the cockles of my soul. You didn't have your top on before. I you know. had it off. It's because when I go to the bathroom at the halftime break of the show, it's quite chilly in there. The window's open, the breeze is coming in, and it kind of freezes me to my bones. And then I put this on. I am getting quite warm now. I think I'm going to have to derobe oh during goodness. the song. I'll do a little show for you. Peter gets very, very, very nervous when he's in the studio. I'll tell you this. Uh, during yes. one of the song breaks, mm-hmm. he was so nervous. Yeah. Um, someone in the office had come around and given us chocolate sticks because tomorrow is chocolate stick day. Yes. He was so nervous about someone stealing the chocolate sticks, he actually took them to the toilet with him. I put them in my back pocket when I was standing at the urinal, maybe TMI, <laughs> but just so there was no splashback on them because they are my favourites, actually. The green packets with, I think it's almonds. hazelnuts, almonds. Yes. Yeah. Oh, so good. So good. Are they your favourite? type of chocolate stick because there's so many now i like the nude chocolate sticks oh the the ones with the inside exactly yes okay i've seen now greek yogurt ones and also corn flavor ones oh i'm Um, not not sure i love corn on the cob i don't love corn in my chocolate do you like the corn in your ice cream that you can get as well have you seen that one (laughs) no 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 corn corn is a starter not a dessert peter okay yeah i do like my (laughs) corn with a bit of cheese as well that's kind of good i mean that's fine all right well i don't know why we're talking about all this paul how are you doing have you had a good week anything to report back to us over the past seven days i've i've had a very good week i've been enjoying the cold i miss the snow oh, i was promised morning. snow this morning and i saw no snow the snow was a no show you got up too late perhaps because our producer said he saw it very early this morning and then when i was driving in it was just like the little last remnants with rain mixed in yeah and it's definitely not settled in seoul not here no so you maybe on really the mountains fingers crossed maybe go for a hike later uh, in the snow are you crazy <laughs> Miok has sent in this saying, Good morning, Peter and Paul. I got the book Paul introduced on the show. It's very deep and honestly a bit hard to follow. I wish I could have a conversation or discussion over this book with you guys. Always thank you for recommending great ones, though. Stay warm. Have a wonderful Wednesday. Well, what you want to discuss, at least in short form, you can send us some messages, Miok, as well. Yeah, but I have to say that poetry is often um, the hardest thing to to understand first time through. It sometimes Mm. takes a couple of readings to get to it but uh, hang in there yeah. you'll, you'll work it out I tell you that was Autobiography of Death by right? Kim Hae-soon yes oh. a fantastic book of poetry are we doing poetry today Paul? Uh, no we're not doing poetry we're doing a story Peter we're Ooh. doing a story from the olden times okay. not, not too old but the mid uh, 20th century is where mm. it's set we're taking a break from the creepy stories because I know some people got a little bit scared <laughs> yes um, and we're looking at this classic work of fiction written by a revered Korean author it's called as you mentioned before Hongo or Stingray mm-hmm. and it's by Kim Joo Young translated by Inre Yu Vinciguera and Luis Vinciguera wow and yes we're taken back to the mid 20th century it's never quite specified but somewhere in a snowy village mm-hmm. there's an unhappy household that receives a surprise visit in the middle of a snowstorm and that one visit changes everything do we get to find out and i 
won't spoil it now, why the book is called Stingray. Yes. Okie dokie. Tell us about the author. Have we featured Kim Ji-yong before? No, it's our first time featuring him. Uh, he's he's still around, but he was born in 1939, so he's getting wow. on a little bit. Okay. Born in Chongsong in Gyeongsangbukdo province. Uh, and he grew up in that very turbulent time when Korea was liberated and then during the Korean War. But he made it out the other side. Mm-hmm. And he went on to study creative writing at Sorobol College of Art. And then in the 70s, he started to get recognised for his stories. Ooh. He was interested because at that time in Korea, it was sort of the big industrialization movement, the, mm-hmm. the new village movement. And so he was looking at modernization and industrialization and how it had changed Korea and the sort of the differences between the urban life and the countryside life. Oh, kind of linked to today's hashtag civilization, yes. I suppose. And then uh, for Koreans who love historical fiction, there's one series he wrote that he's very much loved for. Mm-hmm. That was called The Innkeeper. It was a, an epic ten-part saga wow. uh, set at the end of the Chosun Dynasty, at the end of the 1800s, and he won the Yuju Yun Literary Award for that. Uh, he's continued to write a lot of historical fiction, as well as pieces based on his childhood, and this is fiction, but today's story is sort of based on his childhood in some ways. Ooh. And he's had books translated into English, into German, into Russian, into Spanish, into Arabic, into French, into Chinese. Goodness. He's spread all over the place. That is amazing. Sherry's got a great idea from Canada. We should start a book club. I have that book right now, the poetry one, from the library as well, and it'll be fun to discuss it. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if we can get involved in organising that, guys, but if you guys have that group and maybe do the books that Paul recommends, we can definitely chip in with a comment or two from here to here. Absolutely. Yeah, that would be wonderful. Siska's saying, the book title makes me want to eat sambal stingray, which is a dish in Indonesia I don't think I've ever enjoyed stingray have you never had ray in the UK when I was growing up I ate ray oh I think I had what was it called monkfish a lot which is a bit different but no skate no oh skate as well skate's a kind of ray yes yes skate was a fish that our fishmonger used to do and then my mum did it in a Korean kind of braised way yeah I have enjoyed Ray then. Well, there we go. <laughs> Fantastic. The translators, I'm sure we've never heard about, because those names really do stick in my mind. <laughs> they do. It is the first time featuring this partnership. In Rayu Vinciguera, or Vinciguera, I'm not mm-hmm. quite sure on the pronunciation. Uh, she graduated from Seoul National University of Education. She's a translator, a teacher, and an artist. I'm guessing her husband yes. is Luis Vinciguera. <laughs> he got his MA in history from the University of California, Berkeley. He's also an artist, a teacher, and a playwright. And they've translated quite a few books into English, including uh, novels and short stories by Lee Sung-woo and uh, Jung Young-moon. So it's great to feature them for the first time. I hope we get to feature them again. Okie dokie. Is this a long book? Is this a a commitment? It's about 134 pages, Peter. Okay, that's very Including the title page. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) It's pretty freaky how the opening, I've just looked ahead, no spoilers though, is about snow and we had the first snow today. It's almost as if I planned it. That's amazing. All right, so where are we starting here? At the start of the book. At the very beginning. Well, well, not quite the very beginning. Okay. Maybe page eight. Page eight. All right, let's take it away. Snowflakes slipped through the cracks in the kitchen door and sparkled like fluffy dandelion seeds and the heavy snowfall striking the papered door sounded like somebody was hurling handfuls of sand at it. 
Staggering as if buffeted by the whirling wind, Mother made her way to the main room. Her breathing was still rough, and her hands were trembling while holding her jogori against her bosom. All the while, it seemed that Mother didn't notice something that I had. A dried stingray, covered with soot and always hanging down from the kitchen door jamb, had disappeared. It was merely a dried fish. But to Mother, it symbolized my father, who had left us when I was nine years old. Since the dried fish was hung on the door jamb, my mother, regardless of her wanting to or not, saw it every morning and evening, whenever she entered or exited the kitchen, and it always reminded her of my father. Once, when I still didn't know the name of the fish, I asked her what it was. I'm not sure, but I heard once that there's a bird living in the sea. It's a big bird and it swims in the sea's depths, but people call it a stingray, and the ray kite was named after it, she explained. I nodded. Since the shapes of the dried fish on the door jam and the ray kite hanging on a rack in the room were indeed very similar. Starting from the beginning of the year in the lunar calendar, I had flown ray kites, even after the year's first full moon. When I still flew kites after that, villagers would make fun of me and accuse me of being a rebel, but I ignored them and continued flying kites, as there weren't many other exciting things to do during the winter. And my knowing this helped me to ignore their jeers. So, on windy days, I always went out with my kite, and like a frog frolicking in mud, I jumped and ran up and down the embankment along the village stream. Once I had released all of the kite string and it was far away from me, appearing like a black dot sailing on the wings of the wind, my heartbeat quickened as the kite soared up and up high into the sky and my excitement was strong enough for me to totally forget the skin-piercing cold. Tropic Girl saying that was a beautiful first reading, Paul. The kite flying isn't only a way to relieve boredom, given the isolation. It's a way maybe to clear the mind, and so the writer forgets the father who left, perhaps. Yes, oh. I think you're spot on there. Wow. It's also analysis. symbolic of freedom. Oh, the flying of the kite. That's I all like I'm saying. Okay. That's all I'm saying. you got some messages. I have. I've got Stacey Wiley saying, I'm so touched. And Siska saying, hey, wait. The stingray disappeared from the kitchen. I almost oh, yes. was distracted from that because that came early in the reading. And I then know. we got to all the kite flying and the, the I thought it was lovely imagery of a bird in the ocean. Yeah. You know, the stingray, the way it kind of undulates. And I've been lucky enough to go to some aquariums and see them do that. Yes. And then some of the aquariums in the UK, they used to let you pet them, I remember. There are some rays you can pet, yes. Yeah, that aren't poisonous. Not the stingrays. Oh, I see. Is that in their name, the stinging part? Yeah, the the sting (laughs) suggests that they could be a little bit dangerous. Okay. Uh, And Sherry's saying, I love this story so far. It's so vivid that I can really see it. Yeah, I have to say, I love the descriptions by this author. Yeah, and so the stingray is kind of compared to a bird in the ocean and then compared to the kite, which apparently takes its name. I've not heard of, like, the ray kite or the stingray kite. To do your career. research. I do. I know that many kites kind of look like that general shape, I yeah, suppose. Yeah, so why do you think they're called that then? Yeah, but in England, did we call them stingray kites? I don't I believe so. You did, definitely. Yeah. You're ahead of the curve. So what is the significance of this? I know he was comparing it to, like, his father in a way. Yeah, but, yeah, it's, it's the symbol of their marriage. Mm. And he ran away six years ago, but she 
leaves it hanging there, waiting for his return. Oh. But it's disappeared. Uh-oh. It's been eaten <gasps> by a girl. Oh. This snowy morning during the snowstorm, they discover a strange girl in the kitchen of their house. Just in their house? Yeah. It's okay. sort of broken in, and she's eaten the, eaten the stingray. Oh. Um, and so Seyung, the narrator, this kid, this 14-year-old kid, witnesses mm-hmm. his mother beating her. Oh. Um, but she does take pity on the girl. She washes her. She gives her some new clothes, and they sort of begin life as a new pseudo-family, I guess. After she's just turned up randomly. Yeah, because her mother takes pity on her. Uh-huh. And uh, the girl claims she has no name, wow. and so Seyung's mother names her Samne, meaning decorum. Ooh. Yes. And so Samne, well, she helps about the house. She she does chores, but she likes to go wandering at night. And Seyoung sometimes tags along. Like They, they go to a house where um, uh, the neighbours are out for the evening and they, mm-hmm. they look for birds in the eaves of the house in the thatched roof. And uh, they manage to capture one and they tie a string to its leg and take it home. And they've got a flying bird to play with. Interesting. And his mother's like... You need to let it go. Birds need to fly free like and lead a happy life. Maybe. Oh, just, oh. just just, pointing out a little symbolism. <laughs> just a little symbolism. Um, yes, and then Samne starts hanging out with older girls, and she eventually runs away to go work at a local, <clears throat> in quotation marks, inn. Okay. <laughs> For those of us old enough, we'll know what that means. Yes. Yeah, and Seyoung goes to visit her secretly uh, to talk to her, mm. and his mother eventually finds out what she's doing, and she goes to have a formal meeting with her mm-hmm. and tells her she's got to leave the village. Oh. Because his mother has claimed that Samne is a relative that's how she's explained why she's suddenly appeared. Uh-huh. And she's bringing shame to the family. Okay. And Samuel's like, okay, I'll leave. And then his mother does something unexpected. She gives her a really large sum of money, the money that she'd been saving for her husband's return. Oh. She gives to her so she can start a new life. That's nice, I suppose. Yeah, and it's, it's all very odd. His mother blows hot and cold, mm-hmm. and especially cold towards him. And we witness that, and we witness him wanting to maybe meet his father again, but then at the same time dreading about meeting his father. Uh-huh. There's no set like date for his return or anything. It's just no, kind of a hopeful he's thing. He's gone. Okay. He's gone off with another woman. Oh. And then one day there are more unexpected visitors to the house. There's a, a strange woman and her very young baby, mm-hmm. and it's snowing. And the woman says she's heading to Pohang, but there's heavy snow. And so his mother is very kind and says, look, just you rest here for a couple of hours cooks her a meal wow eventually she ends up staying a couple of nights and his mother's like stay as long as you need to you know you're, you're fine you know you need to look after yourself and her, your baby and the woman keeps saying oh i better i have to go i have to go and then she goes into town a couple of days later to check on transportation mm-hmm. and she never returns okay and they're left in the house with a baby oh she left the baby behind yeah oh my goodness and that's where we'll pick things up in our second reading Turning her eyes away from me, Mother approached the baby in its wrapper and lifted it up to her bosom. When it opened its eyes, Mother slipped the dried fish into its mouth, and then she talked to it, as if talking to herself. Eat something, you little thing. Don't just suck. As if Mother's strange voice wasn't soothing to the baby who had just awoken from its sleep, it first stuck out its lips and looked like it was about to cry but soon began sucking on the dried fish. Mother again talked to herself. 
I knew from the beginning that all this was caused by your father. We found a small pouch that was wrapped around the baby's waist, and in it found the baby's name, Hoyang, and its birthday, and also some money. They were the things that the woman had left with her baby. Even though Mother had decided to accept the baby without any complaint, the reality that she was now facing could turn out to be shameful and humiliating. But there was also a chance, I thought, that she took it as a sign that my father would return to her soon, and not as a sign of some kind of betrayal or humiliation. Maybe Mother's waiting would end soon, I thought. But there wasn't any way for me and my mother a woman making a meagre living while hiding from the world to conceal what was happening to us. No possibility existed to declare the baby as being my younger brother without stirring up gossip and rumours. It was a huge challenge for my mother, who hadn't acknowledged any rumour except for the one that said my father had left her. Very mysterious, but also very warm of her to accept a sudden new baby from God knows where. We don't know whose child this is, do we? Well, we do. Do we? Is it their it's father's? His father's child oh, with what? his mistress. She, she doesn't want it. She's oh dropping goodness. it off the unwanted product so of their affair. She's pretending to just be randomly passing by. Yeah, <sighs> that's what it seems to be. It's it's never it's never said out loud, oh, but no. it's what's inferred. Uh-huh. And so his mother raises the baby as if it's her own, and mm-hmm. showers Ho Young with love and affection, even breastfeeds him. Wow! And saying so shocked because he's never been treated so kindly by his mother, and now his new brother is getting all this love. Oh, that's not nice for him. No, and his mother even goes so far as to buy two hens and a rooster so she can feed the baby fresh egg yolks. Wow. And meanwhile, Seyoung is missing Samne, mm-hmm. and he goes to the inn where she used to work, and he gets her new address. It turns out she's gone to Daegu. Uh-huh. And he hides the address on a piece of paper in a wall by their house where Samne used to hide her secret possessions. Okay. He's sort of maybe dreaming of one day going to visit her. And then one day, the rooster that they bought goes missing. Mm-hmm. And Seung is sent out to search for the rooster again and again and again. And he never finds it. Oh. And his mother is very, very upset and forces him to go out with her to look. And he quite actually enjoys her being so disappointed and mm, upset. Feeling a bit spiteful. Well, also he knows what's happened to the rooster. Oh. He saw the neighbourhood dog, mm-hmm. who he's best friends with, uh-huh. um, with blood on its snout Uh-oh. and the rooster's body uh, beneath it. <sighs> okay. And so he didn't want to get the dog into trouble, so he disposed of the rooster himself and blamed the neighbour. <sighs> and the rooster, well, it's almost like a symbol of her husband to his mother. And mm. She's really upset by this. And then, another twist in the tale, they get a visit from her estranged brother, who tells them her husband is going to be returning home soon. What? He's coming back? Yeah, and Seung, he's never met his uncle before. Uh-huh. This is the first time for him, and he's really uncomfortable around him. Okay. And especially when his mother starts lying about him sleepwalking. It's a very strange sort of, I don't know, twisted sense of what is true and what is not. But certainly, he does know his father is coming home, and he mm-hmm. does know he's not feeling happy. Okay. His mother lying about him, the kid's sleepwalking. Yeah. What's that about? 
Download the Arirang Radio app on your device for free. It's Arirang. A-R-I-R-A-N-G Radio. My uncle and I began walking towards Jiang's place. Once we got on the road, Jiang's brightly lit cottage came into view. My uncle put his hand on my shoulder and said, Sayang, I know you've been going through some tough times, even though you're still young. Your sleepwalking must have happened because of it. I I'm not a sleepwalker. Mother made it all up, I told him. Uh, your mother wouldn't talk like that about her precious son if he were perfectly fine. Maybe you aren't aware of it, but sleepwalking is common among boys your age. Anyway, once your father comes home, it'll be taken care of. He'll take you to a doctor for an accurate diagnosis. Even though you don't have anything, it's about time for you to see a doctor and get a checkup anyway, said my uncle. It was strange that I was so calm even though the grown-ups were saying that father would soon be returning home. My memories of him were all distant and barren. But the grown-ups were all excited, acting as though they would celebrate his homecoming as some kind of important event. But to me, someone used to being alone and unfamiliar with the ways of people, all of this was rather a huge and unsolvable riddle. Maybe I was feeling more dizziness and disillusion with the coming event than anticipation or excitement. I had searched for any reason to hate Mother, since I missed having a father a lot and roamed aimlessly about on the embankment following his mirage. But I had no idea how to relate to him, and didn't have any rosy plan about what to do when he came home. I then finally saw that the image I had of my father was false. So I was feeling more afraid and dizzy than happy and excited in my dim and confused state of mind. Wow, it's quite a deep dive into like maybe a bit of child psychology when a parent has left and then possibly returning and stuff and all these confusing, conflicting emotions. And all that dramatic music. Yes, I feel emotional. Uh, Gentile's saying it's worthy really to listen to both the English and itself of the story that's being told, especially with these strong British accents. Great stuff. Well, oh, thank, thank you, thank you, thank much, you. Uh, uh, Cherry Russell's saying, oh, this book is mysterious. Stacey's saying, is this guy having an affair? And Raoul, it's gone like the stingray. Plot twist, he is the stingray! Oh, <laughs> yeah, it is not just symbolism. Maybe it's him himself. Is he the stingray or is someone else the stingray? Oh, lurking over the family and then being eaten, I wonder. You got some more from Tropic Girl? I do, she says. There's always a twist with these readings. Okay, this story is getting more mysterious by the minute. Her mistress indeed. And his mother would take care of the baby. Very magnanimous. Ooh, I haven't heard that word in a while. Uh, why is she doing this, though? Where is his father? Does she do it in the hopes her husband will return to see his other child? And sleepwalking? This story has several layers. It does, yeah. And I think maybe that's part of it, isn't it? That It's not been said, but she knows it's maybe her hubby's or former hubby's yes. baby. And that might help with him coming back or tempting him back. Seems and like she wants him to come back, for sure. She, it does seem that way. And he does. 
Oh. He arrives. In the story. Yeah, in the story. At the, towards the end of the story, he arrives back in a smart suit into town, saying and his mother greet him, take his bags, take him back to the house. Wow. Give him a big dinner and they all go to bed. He's got a, like a big welcome party. Yeah. Goodness. And, and his mother has even bought a new dried stingray to hang by the door. Okay. But in the morning, mm. Seung wakes up and finds his father is alone. Oh. His mother's gone. What? She's fled the house, never to return, and she's taken Samre's address that was hidden in the wall. So she may have headed over there. She was the stingray. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. What a twist. Yeah. So he doesn't despair, though. He's already memorised her address. Uh And he's worked out that it was Samre who arranged for his father to come back. Oh, really? Yeah. And so it's 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 a it's a remarkable twist ending to the book that the mother finally gets the freedom. Yes. She was the bird with the string tied to its leg mm. who needed to fly free. Fantastic. But she could only do it when the father came back. So maybe her yearning for him to come back was definitely wanting to be free herself from the ties of maybe child rearing and stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's also it she needed the closure. Mm. She needed the conclusion to their story. And so it's 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 a it's a miraculous ending, and and it doesn't feel so sad because you get the feeling that Sayong's going to go after her. He's okay. going to go and find Samne. He's going to start a new life in Dago. Dago and father is going to be stuck with Oyoung. It's him who's going to struggle, and he seems to deserve it yeah. after what he's done. Fantastic. So this book, Stingray, is maybe imagery. Initially of the father, but then of the mother, perhaps, later on. Well, I, I think it's imagery of their connection, but the idea of a bird floating in the water. There are all these images of the kite flying. Mm-hmm. There are there are moments in the book where Seung himself feels like he's flying, and he's oh. floating in the air in his dreams. So it's all linked to this idea of being able to fly away, of leaving no trace behind. Mm, yeah, and, uh, and we get to see it. This perspective is all from the boy, is it? Yeah. Seung, the whole story. Yeah, and it's it is fascinating. Um, it seems to me this is a bit of a tribute to to the author's mother. Okay, we see everything through the kid's eyes, mm-hmm. not through the nosy neighbors, you know. And he he he's witness to everything. He sees everything that she has to go to, and she just wants to be free, but she has to wait for her husband to return. That's mm. how it worked in Korea back in those days. Sure, you couldn't just abandon your kids, right? And yeah. even though she's not particularly warm or loving to him there's definitely a respect there right from the child to the mother for all uh, that she's doing maybe there is but there's also this jealousy that that she treats samne mm. better than him in some way she treats hoyoung better than him in many ways That's she treats true. the rooster better than him yeah. and so it feels like uh, there's also there 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 were there were whisperings in the book mm-hmm. another spoiler alert there's a conversation that he he eavesdrops on between okay. his neighbor and his lover mm-hmm. um where there's an insinuation that maybe the neighbor had at one point had a relationship with his mother oh and a maybe what? he's not his father's child oh goodness the, now i'm not saying that's true but that's what i got from it when i heard oh. this but i was like uh oh is this why she's cold to him because it's not his father's child that she had this affair she thinks it could be the reason that father left perhaps perhaps just perhaps not that's that's just me that's all on me goodness. don't blame me if you don't get that from the book when you read it mm-hmm. i'm just saying that's what i got from it wow. um, but i find it fascinating it's really interesting to see a male writer you know born in 1939 mm-hmm. who's able to portray this mother character so convincingly yeah and i think i think it's important because 
women were sort of forgotten for the most part. They were they were they were stuck at home. Mm-hmm. They had to they had to obey their fathers, obey their husbands, obey their sons. And yet we see this one woman and her struggle to be free, her struggle to fly away, and that she actually manages. It's so inspiring, so lovely. Yeah. Um, shocking, yes, but it's relieving <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, getting that escape is not like a true wonderful rainbow happy ending. She's going to a inverted commas in to spend yeah. the rest of her life perhaps or maybe that's just a stepping stone but still getting out of that family patriarchal kind of system and doing it on the same day well the next day she's just disappeared that's i don't know it's it more dramatic of, that way it felt great to me a bit of cider as we'd say in korean after you've been stuffed up with all those sweet potatoes kogma those are definitely korean references thank you paul for your wonderful readings today thank you peter for your wonderful <laughs> listenings thanks to the literature translation institute of korea for their help with copyright permission for this broadcast thank you to kim ju young for his impressive story and to inre yu vinci guerra and luis vinci guerra for their translation i will be back next Next week with another book. I don't know what it is yet, but it's going to be good. Oh, stay warm till then, Paul. We'll see you on Wednesday. See you then. Goodbye. You can listen to Check It Out with Paul Matthews on Adidang Radio's Hashtag Daily K every Wednesday from 10am KST.